always, I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. Happy New Year, y'all. I think I can still say that. The rule, I believe, is you have until February 1st or the first time you encounter someone in the new year, like whichever comes first. So it's the first show of 2022. Happy New Year to everyone. If it's your first time joining me here at Category Is, there is a subscribe button somewhere on your screen. Be sure to hit that um, right now. If you have not done so already, you get a notification every time a new episode drops. And there should also be a like button. Hit that if you enjoy the episode as well, and be sure to leave a review. So I don't know about y'all, um, but 2022 has been a hell of a year already. Um, go ahead and grab your cocktail. And let's get into what you're drinking. So tonight I am drinking a Golden Girl, and which will be very appropriate as we get into the episode. But if you want to use the recipe that I found, it had a bit too many ingredients for me. Um, but it calls for white rum, a whole egg. Y'all know I don't do the eggs like that. Um, pineapple juice, simple syrup, port wine, which is uh, like a fortified uh, red wine and orange so if you just shake all of that up into a in a in a shaker strain it and you know it'll it'll be like kind of a frothy um cocktail i don't do eggs so i was gonna leave that out and then i don't have any port wine either so when i looked at the recipe i was like this is basically a dagoir (laughs) this is a pineapple daiquiri situation so if you want to simplify it get you a pineapple daiquiri and call it a day. So let's just hop right into the categories for the week. So almost immediately after the year-end episode of 2021 posted, I posted on New Year's Eve, um, which was a Friday. So almost immediately after that came out, the news dropped that Betty White, who was the last remaining Golden Girl, uh, passed away at age 99. So I don't know if Betty knew something. She was like, I'm not going into 2022. Y'all can just go ahead and cancel. They had already, they were planning like a 100th birthday celebration for her. It was going to be like a, almost like a documentary kind of film. And, you know, they were just gearing up for this big special. I forget which channel it even came on, but um, she was on the cover of People magazine. She was getting like press, you know, here, there, and everywhere. And people were just really excited because I didn't really know too much about uh, Betty White aside from her playing roles on Golden Girls. But Mama had quite the life, and she lived all 99, almost 100 years, um, to the fullest. And so when the news dropped that she passed away, it was like, oh, man, like, she was, you know, so close <laughs> to being 100. And so it was kind of a downer, not just, you know, because of the movie special that was coming out. But, you know, it's just it's just always sad to lose, like, someone who's a legend, who's like a true icon. And, you know, it kind of reminded me of my my great aunt. Um, She lived to be 104. And so after about her 90th birthday mama stopped planning (laughs) 
anything more than like a week in advance. So it'd be like, hey, Aunt Liv, I'll be home on, you know, at the end of the month. I'm going to come see you. And, you know, if you need anything, just let me know. And she would say, um, call me the day before <laughs> and I'll let you know. <laughs> My brother was getting married. And you know how you send out, they send out the invitations, like everything's like months and months and months in advance. And she was like, well, uh, don't send me one. <laughs> and they were like, well, why? You know, we want you to, to know about the wedding. And she was like, listen, <laughs> just tell me how it was. Because, I mean, she, you know, at that age, you you kind of just keep it real. So when they were planning the, all this stuff like months in advance, I was just like, ooh, girl, I don't know about that. It still went forward. They still played the um, the documentary and it became more of a celebration of life, which is always good. But, you know, we still need to give people their flowers while they're still here. Like, don't wait till someone has a milestone birthday like 100 years old and at that age you got more days gone than you got coming so you know celebrate someone's legacy today you know we don't have to wait until they're about gone to show and tell them or already gone to show and tell someone how much we love and appreciate them so that was a lesson uh with betty white's um passing and like i said i wasn't really into the golden girls i know you know the basic premise of the show and it kind of started the the template of or maybe it didn't but you know four girls in a friend group and you know it became the format that sex in the city copied that you know girlfriends that um you know all these the shows today kind of kind of um followed so the legacy the impact is legendary and iconic so betty white will definitely be missed so then about a week later we got the news that sydney poitier passed away which sydney poitier he was 94 years old um he was the first black man to win best actor at the oscars uh, for his 1963 film Lilies of the field which was a really good movie i also remember him from um the film version of a raisin in the sun with um ruby d rest in peace ruby d but yeah so this lady i used to work with for some reason she said that i reminded her of like a young sydney portier and so we would always kind of talk about like that uh raisin in the sun scene and she would always tell me to eat my eggs which is always funny because you know i don't i don't like eggs but in the in the play and in the film um she tells walter walter lee to eat his eggs they're getting cold and then it just it's an iconic scene if you haven't seen the play um and again you know the end of an era icon passing away halle berry had this really emotional kind of tribute to him um as you know, she was the first black woman to win Best Actress uh, at the Oscars. And so, you know, she was just saying how he had been a mentor to her and how, you know, they do have this kind of connection um, with being the first to win um, the highest award, you know, in the field. So 
Ooh, tens, tens, tens for Sidney Poitier. A couple days after that, Bob Saget, who was the father on uh, Full House and the reboot, which is uh, Fuller House, um, he was found dead to the bed down in the hotel room. And it said that, you know, he just, his bags were packed by the door and he kind of just laid down and went to sleep and I guess never woke up. And uh, I don't know, it's still more um, to come from that, but. I don't know. That was shocking. He was only 65, too, which is not really that old. Um, but I don't know. Still sad. I think um, they had the fume and even Mary Kate and Ashley showed up, which, you know, is shocking for them because they never go anywhere uh, these days. But possibly more to come on that. And the next one that really saddened me was fashion legend Andre Leon Talley, who was creative director um, at Vogue. And I think he was also in some kind of editorial role there, maybe like editor um, at large or something. Um, But yeah, he passed away. Uh, They didn't say like what was the cause. They said he was in the hospital um, recently. So maybe something related to that, especially for a kind of, the older generations, um, Andre Leon Talley was that bitch. Like he was six foot six. He was plus sized. <laughs> um, but he walked into a room and he, his presence was just legendary. Some people may remember him from being on America's Next Top Model. Um, uh, he would like guest judge here and there, but then he was also like a full-time judge one season. And I'm, getting the sense that he and Tyra did not get along um, because there's that one scene where Tyra and the other judges were trying to make fun of the one girl because she wore, <laughs> this was a challenge where they got like one piece of uh, clothing and they had to do a photo shoot. And so, you know, like some people got pants and they, you know, and then some people got like a shirt and some people got like a pair of shoes and, you know, this one girl, she got like a vest. And so, she was on um, the black girl, I forget her name, but she put the vest on backwards and then she kind of um, had her back to the camera and then she turned around and she had her arm dangling down, you know, covering her butt crack. But then like Nigel Barker was making fun of her. He's the photographer. And then Tyra was trying to laugh at her. And then Andre got them all the way together and was like, listen, we're not doing this today. We're not going to tear this young black girl down today. And so it became like this moment where he basically, you know, validated that girl's presence and existence and said, you know, it was bold, a bold choice to wear the vest backwards and do the pose that she did. And he said he would hang that picture up in his salon, which is a living room. (laughs) But so my friend sent me this article. um, I guess it's by some journalist or I don't know. It was from Facebook, so do with that <laughs> what you will. But um, basically saying that he was bothered by the people who were, you know, posting their praise and their um, love and support of Andre Leon Talley and saying that, yeah, you know, he did thrive in a, or appeared to thrive in a environment that, you know, you had to be thin, you had to be white, you had to be this, that, and a third. And he had access to this world, but in reality, he 
you know, was essentially broke and alone. And he did have this kind of eviction um, scandal going on from some house he was renting um, recently. But, you know, the world of fashion is very kind of disposable, as this guy says. And again, says, you know, kind of the theme is like, you know, if you're really a, a friend or you're really supporting these people, you know, don't just look at it at the surface, you know, if you're really a friend, help, help these people out or give them their flowers again while they're still here. And then the next two, um, I'll just uh, go through pretty fast because I don't want this to be a downer of episode, but the meat, uh, the singer Meatloaf, who is famous for his song, I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. He never said what that was. It's probably butt stuff, but um, but yeah, he passed away, and he was seventy four years old, and then also was Louis Anderson, who's the comedian. He was in a number of things going back like to the eighties. I think I first remember him from being in Coming to America, where he was the um mcdowell's employee and he you know was on lettuce and he wanted to be fries be on fries and then next would be assistant manager um but did y'all know his name his character's name in coming to america was actually maurice which was kind of funny to me um but yeah he passed away from cancer a few days ago so um the last one which wasn't really a celebrity, but um, was kind of celebrity adjacent. So Regina King, who is Academy Award winner, all kind of award winner. Um, she was Brenda on 227. She'll always be Brenda from 227 um, to me. But, you know, she's been this growing force in Hollywood for a number of years. Director, actor, um, producer, everything. Um, but her son, who was 26 years old, passed away um, just a few days ago. Um, apparently, he committed suicide, um, which is heartbreaking, devastating. It's her only child, and you know, can only imagine what she's going through right now. So, send some thoughts and prayers and well wishes to Regina King and her family. If you know anyone who is suffering from depression or has suicidal intentions please you know find them some help if you yourself have any of these thoughts talk to someone about it there's numerous ways um, to kind of get in contact or get some help that you need so it's been pretty much a, a downer of a year so far and i'm not gonna lie like i've been feeling some kind of way about everything that's been going on and not to be too much of a downer, but, you know, it's just with the new year, we always have these hopes of like, what's going to happen. I think we're just always optimistic about what a new year can bring. But, you know, it's really just days on the calendar. And just because you flip the page to the new month doesn't automatically erase, you know, all your troubles and all your problems and all your stress and things like that so again there are people who are trained and qualified and able to help 
you in certain situations. So, you know, be sure to reach out to them if you need it. And if you have friends you can talk to, like true friends, and you feel like you're in a safe space with them, you can talk to them about things, you know, please do so. Because I think we're in this, you know, what going on year two of this situation. And a lot of people are still feeling kind of isolated and, you know, they don't really want to talk to people or see people or be, we don't have the opportunity to do that um, safely or, you know, I guess we can do it safely, but um, we can't do it the way we used to do it. So the new normal is a phone call or, or a Zoom call or something like that. So take advantage of the technology that we can you can even do therapy um on the app now so that's an option as well so seek out a friend if you need it or be a friend if you are needed and so let's hop into some categories for some people who <laughs> need a good friend in their life first on the list i don't know if y'all have seen this um sex in the city reboot and just like that i actually stopped watching it um because it just mm, it's not doing it for me and this che rivera che rivera who was today this che diaz i don't know why i said rivera um this che diaz character is not doing it for me it's doing it for miranda but i'm good on that the characters just don't seem to be the same and i get you know we all grow or we all change and you know evolve but they just seem so different from the characters when we last saw them um so i can't tell you what's going on in the in the more recent episodes the last one i saw was when Carrie was just dropping millions of dollars on apartments and then she changed her mind and said, oh, you know what, girl, I can't figure out what this beefing sound is, so I'm going to move. Like, it's nothing. So anyway, I don't do friend groups. I know the show is centered around that. Uh, for me, it's just always, we don't all have to be friends. Like, I can have my friends, you can have your friends. We don't all have to sit around the lunch table and talk because they're always, they always seem to be waiting on somebody as well, which I watched Harlem, which is, um, you know, in the same vein as uh, Sex in the City. So, it's, you know, girl group, four girls um, who are in this friend group. And, you know, they like to get together for a cocktail or for dinner or at somebody's house. But they're always waiting on somebody. And y'all know me. I'm not waiting for no drink. I'm going to be probably three drinks in by the time you get there. Entrees appetizers gone <laughs> i might be be on dessert by the time you get there um but i can talk to you about a certain situation i can talk to this person about a certain situation um you all have your own um input and and uh, thoughts about it but i don't need it to be a consensus because at the end i'm gonna do what i want to do <laughs> and you know because it's my life and yeah, it's good to talk to your friends about certain things, but in these situations and in these episodes, it always feels like they're asking permission from their friends to do certain things or to make certain life choices and decisions. And for me, the only decisions we're making around this table is, girl, we getting bottomless mimosas or what? 
And the answer is always yes to that. Someone else who needs a good friend group is Portia Williams, who is from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Well, formerly of Real Housewives of Atlanta, because Mama quit that job. If you have not seen her horrible spinoff show, it's called Portia's Family Matters or Portia's Family Values. They ain't got no values um, from what I see. So is it matters? I think it matters. Um, but Portia stole that lady husband, and then now she got her a spinoff to try and do damage control and make it seem like, oh, she's a nice person, and all her family is, you know, supportive of this decision to marry this man who was still married when they got together, and child, a mess. But the premise of the show, I've only seen the clips on social media because I just refused to watch it. It looked like a mess, but they was fighting down to the Jamaica. They were going back and forth with her baby daddy, who, why would she invite him on the trip anyway? Uh, his mom came. It was like her extended family members who a lot of them seemed like they didn't really talk or communicate before anyway so it was probably she asked around because she needed a certain amount of people to come and film with her and you know people in atlanta are, are thirsty for fame so they wanted a little piece of bravo check it was just a very like sycophantic group and people who were just oh everything is great and you know this is the best decision for you and nah girl like it looks bad <laughs> it looks really bad i don't think i have a problem with them getting together right and I think, you know, people get married and get divorced every day. Um, but when you're playing with the timeline and so much and you are really on this kind of campaign to, like, make it seem like you're so in love and it's just, it just doesn't look good for Portia. So, like I said, she gave up all of her jobs. She quit Real Housewives of Atlanta because she basically didn't want to answer any questions about the relationship she quit um she was like a radio host on dish nation with ricky smiley down in atlanta and the brat um and then she has a book that came out which girl i guess um and then she she does sell sheets on amazon <laughs> Because if you're going to fuck some lady husband, you might as well do it on some nice sheets. The people say the sheets are really soft and really nice. So, I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do, girl. So she's co-parenting with this guy named Dennis. She changed the daughter's school and she wouldn't tell Dennis where they were moving, which is a huge, I don't co-parent, but nah, you're not doing that. And apparently she would like leave the country and not tell Dennis that she was taking the daughter out of the country, which... Again, so Dennis was like, yeah, I think we need to go to court and like really um, get things down on paper because like what if something happened and, you know, for to change her schools and then, you know, not tell him where you're moving to. Like, yeah, that it, it just seems a bit um, not rational <laughs> um, to me. But again, I don't co-parent with nobody, but it just seems like a bit much. But yeah, it just seems like she knows the clock is ticking. So I hope she's stacking her money from selling them sheets. And in a year, year and a half, maybe two years, he'll move on to the next and she'll be done. Um, maybe she'll come back to Real Housewives of Atlanta after that.
someone else who needs a friend is Kanye West, y'all. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, or Kim Kardashian. Talk about co-parenting. She didn't even tell him where the birthday party was for their child. And Kim is apparently dating Pete Davidson, who is the ex of Ariana Grande and like half of Hollywood. Um, they... <laughs> Never mind. But Kanye is dating some lady named Julia Fox now, but he's always talking about how much he's still so in love with Kim and he wants to get back with her and he wants his family back intact. Um, yeah, y'all need some family therapy real quick. I don't know what's going on down in Calabasas because he bought the house across the street from them because he wanted to, you know, be closer to his kids. Um, some people say he was stalking her, but I, <laughs> I don't know nothing about that, but no, you know, no shade to this woman. I don't know anything about Julia Fox. I don't even know. Is that her real name? Am I saying it right? I don't know, but downgrade mama downgrade, like how you go from Kim Kardashian to Julia Fox. Girl, I guess. And then Pete Davidson. I don't know what's going on with these Kardashian girls or Hollywood in general. Cause like the one girl, um, what's her name? Courtney <laughs> Kardashian is dating Travis Barker with all the tattoos. Now Kim is dating Pete, and then the other girl just got engaged to the other tatted up white boy is the meth look in like i don't i just don't get it like they look like some tweakers and i how you got this beautiful 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 woman and then she's on the arm of that but anyway now it's time for tens 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 across the board and my tens this week is going to bel Khalis almanzar who won a Libel lawsuit. It's been going on for about four years, which I didn't know was going on for that long. Um, against a YouTuber named Tasha K. She has a channel called Unwind with Tasha K. You know, it's very wine themed. It's like wine down. She, I believe she has, or she features a different wine every week. She has like wine all in the background and stuff. Um, but anyway, she was on her YouTube channel talking all kind of cash shit about. Cardi B saying she was all kinds of things, um, a prostitute, this, that, and the third, that she had all these STIs, um, you name it. And Cardi B said, uh-uh, girl, I'm going to take you to court. And so in the world of YouTube and social media and you know all kinds of stuff, the thing is to get a celebrity to respond to you. So a lot of them just talk all kind of crazy, post all kind of crazy stuff in order to get the celebrity to respond. Because it's a form of validation. It's like, oh, you see me. And Cardi B said, I'm going to see you in court, girl. And she took the bitch to court. And a lot of people thought, you know, nothing was going to happen from it or, you know, just get thrown out or dismissed. But uh-uh. Cardi B won. The first judgment was like for $1.25 million. 
plus attorney's fees. And then uh, she got like a, another um, uh, verdict or whatever saying that um, there was like an additional almost $3 million that Tasha had to pay. Now, I don't know if Tasha K got $4 million to be um, paying the courts like this. Um, but I think it was more of a uh, symbolic <laughs> verdict because I don't think Cardi going to see any of this money. Like, that's a lot of money. And Tasha K don't, I don't think she got it like that. Not the way she be dressing. And I really want Tasha K to just blow her nose really, really good. She sounds congested and she's, <laughs> she talks like, like she's a Muppet or something like, girl, blow your nose for me. Um, <laughs> somebody should get that thing, that bulb that you squeeze with the babies to get all the boogers out the nose. Maybe she needs that. I don't know, but I'm not trying to get sued. Tasha K ain't going to come uh, at me for no money. So everything is allegedly um, down here at category is. So don't try to sue me because I ain't got it either. The clickbait kind of journalism or the clickbait reporting and, you know, all of these Hollywood bloggers and insiders, are, they really just make up stuff just to get the clicks because the clicks and the likes is like ching ching on the cash register for them. The more views they get, the more um, money they can get. And it can become very lucrative. Like, um, you look at some of these YouTube people and they have millions of subscribers. They have millions of views, you know, and it's just like they get a lot of money from this. There's one that I follow. Um, he doesn't post much anymore, um, but he first got famous doing the youtube like recaps of he did scandal um he does the housewives and he really took off when he did um scandal and like carrie washington like reposted him um but funky dineva he started out in atlanta now he lives in miami um but yeah he is probably one of the bigger names when you think of like celebrity kind of blogging but he's he's good though like he he is not super salacious yeah he does have some of the inside knowledge because i think over the course of doing this for probably what 10 years now maybe more um around there you know he kind of did become friends with some of the the people on atlanta or um married to medicine also and he's been featured on like actually on the show or they talk about things that he said on love and marriage huntsville so he's his name is like really um embedded in in the real reality tv culture but he's not like nasty like some of these people are he doesn't talk all kind of crazy about them or just make up all this shit but it kind of creates this uh downward spiral of doing things for the clicks and the likes and the money and you start to lose your integrity allegedly i'm gonna get on out of here before tasha k try to come and sue me <laughs> so she could pay Cardi B. But y'all stay safe, stay healthy, and I will see y'all next week. Bye.
thanks for joining me for another week. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you're listening to Category Is right now. Category Is podcast is recorded in Philadelphia. The show is hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Maurice Smith.